This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service on the show. Not only do we have to talk about ice fishing and eel pug fishing, but we got to talk about spring turkey hunting, soft water, and edibles. He does it all. And of course, we got a fast five, too. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. I'd like to invite you to drop a line in one of the 400 lakes in the Bemidji area. We have 160 miles of biking trails, forest trails, campsites. You can even get your picture with Paul Bunyan and Babe is Blue Ox. And when your adventures are done, we have some of the best eateries that Minnesota has to offer. Plus, much, much more. And don't forget to check us out at the Minnesota State Fair in the Education Building. Bemidji, one step further. If you're ready to write the next chapter of your life and love the outdoors, Northwest Technical College might be the perfect fit. Northwest Technical College in Bemidji has state-of-the-art technical education and six career paths in the heart of the Northwoods. Automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. We're surrounded by more than 400 lakes and acres and acres of forests. You can be fishing, you can be hunting, and you can be plotting the course of your life all at the same place. The shortest path to your dream job begins at Northwest Technical College, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. This is Mike Frisch of Fishing the Midwest. You're listening to Paul Bunyan Checking in with Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service. This is a good time to check in with him as we're getting close to March, which tends to be a really good time to do some ice fishing. And, of course, it's also time when he starts prepping for all that fun spring stuff he does. So we've got a lot of things to talk about. First of all, Matt, welcome back to the show. Great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Secondly, uh, how many times have you been out on the hard water this winter? How many times have I been on the hard water yeah. how many times have i actually got to ice fish <laughs> okay how many times have you actually got to ice fish not many um i'm out there pretty much every day but the amount of times i've actually got to fish is pretty limited i i would say since the beginning of the season i've maybe fished 20 times or less so um but it's been fun watching clients catch fish and hanging out with uh, all the all the different renters we've had and stuff like that and my son's been a big help, and he likes to fish while I'm out there. So <laughs> a, lot of the, a lot of the times I just, if I'm guiding or something, I just drop him off uh, in an area by the rentals, and he bounces around and hole hops while I'm out guiding or checking on renters. And he's been doing a lot of fishing when when we've been out, so that's been fun to watch. And I'm getting to the age where I don't even care if I fish anymore. Watching him catch is more fun. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's been an interesting winter to put it mildly uh how frustrating was it for you or did you know places where you could put your houses and and do better than a lot of people well at first it was a little frustrating just trying to get the houses out and safe and then we got them out and um i actually the the first group i had i i could not find a place to put my houses and actually asked for some help from others and and ended up putting the house the house is on just a dumb spot <laughs> um, <laughs> where I was like impeding on other people's fishing and it was it was such a frustrating start to the season and then finally kind of you know we started to make some better ice on Bemidji and was able to bounce around a little bit and 
and it got it got good for a little while, and then it got slow, and we couldn't move because uh, there wasn't safe ice on the north end and the south end. We were starting to see less and less activity. We were kind of burning burning spots out, and and then we got that nice cold snap, and we were able to move north, and everything's been hunky dory and good since. <laughs> and travel is really good if you can avoid the slush and and uh, and you got good clearance, you can get around most places so it's uh it's been a good uh, nice warm winter <laughs> mm-hmm. but it definitely has had its frustrations and its moments of cold and wind but um but yeah interesting is the key word it has been what what do you what are you seeing out there is no, the usual suspects biting right now or is it something unique no we're kind of in that like toward the end of the midwinter doldrums i mean the the walleye fishing is in on fire by any means but like our rentals are catching a few fish um every day and the amount of big fish i've seen this year is incredible like i've seen more big walleyes this winter than i think i've seen probably in the last eight or ten years and they're just like randomly popping up one house won't won't catch a walleye for 15 hours or 20 hours and then all of a sudden they catch one and it's a six seven pounder and Mm. You know that makes that makes it all worthwhile when you get a nice plump and they're healthy too nice plump big one like that it makes for a good trip and the perch bite is really good it's not as like lightning fast as a normal year i would say it's a little different this this year like you're really having to chase down fish and um and they can be pretty finicky at times and you really got to bounce around whereas most years we can find a school of fish and sit on top of them for three four days and they don't really move um, so we've, we've kind of had to bounce around a little bit, but I've, I haven't been pan fishing in like a month, so <laughs> I couldn't even tell you what the pan fish are doing, but based on social media and, and hearing from friends, the pan fish bite is pretty good if you can get out and get around. So it's all kind of the usual stuff. Burbot are start, starting to bite and the tula bees are showing up like crazy. So we're, we're in that end of, uh, end of mid season and moving toward late ice. I was going to ask about the burpit. So it's just starting to go now? Yeah, it's been kind of a slow progression. Like we're seeing, you know, one here, one there out of the rentals. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, now now renters are catching one every weekend. And it's getting a little more consistent. And we've caught a couple while we're out walleye fishing. Um, but I have gone burpit fishing a couple times and not done very well. But I have friends who've gone like, at the exact same time on a different lake and they're doing well it's just and we haven't found the consistency on Bemidji yet um but if you travel to some of the other lakes in the area you can do pretty well going back to the walleyes you talked about seeing a number of big walleyes this year do you attribute that to anything or is it just luck well i always think i always think it's skill but <laughs> but it, but it is luck i mean uh, we like I said, we literally will have renters sitting in a spot, or we'll we'll go hit a spot, and one night you catch, you know, four to six like nice little eaters or smaller ones, and then the next night you go and you only catch one fish, and it's a twenty-five or a twenty-six, and it, it so it's just kind of luck of the draw. But it it makes me think that there's you know there's a lot more big walleyes feeding this winter than than normal or or possibly the different weather patterns we've had has made them 
you know, relocate to a little different area because we're fishing kind of the same stuff we always do. And, and we always get some big walleyes, but it's like a regular occurrence now. I, I get a text from a renter at 11 o'clock at night and they're like, look at this one. And I'm like, oh yeah, those have been coming through pretty regular. Congratulations. And most years I would be like, wow, impressive. I haven't seen one of those in a week or so it's, it, it, you know, my mind is always going, so I'm trying to think of why it's happening, but I'm not sure. <laughs> it just, it's got interesting because, uh, you know, last, in, in January, we were spending a lot of time talking to the folks in the Brainerd area getting ready for the, uh, their, uh, big, you know, JC's extravaganza. And yeah. I think it was Nate Blazy who said, there's big walleyes in Gull right now. And sure enough, it was a nine pounder, you know, nine plus pounder that won it. And there was, uh, I think, two or three that were five plus besides that one. So seems to be a kind of a trend this winter. Yeah, it's like the year of the big walleye. And it, most winters, like you said, we, I mean, we're always seeing some, you know, 25 plus, 24 plus. Um, and it's fairly regular, but, but it's not an everyday type of thing. And, and when you do catch them on a normal year, they're, they're just like a normal looking walleye. You know, you'll get a couple of fat ones, um, here and there, but this year, like every fish over 20 inches is just like plump, like gorging. So the, the forage base in Bemidji must be just fantastic right now. Like there must be droves of small, um, small tulabies and like the perch hatch must, must have been really good. And, the walleyes are not going hungry, that's for sure. Well, I guess us, uh, us softwater wusses and the people getting ready for something like the uh, Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic probably starting to lick their chops now, thinking about what might be there for them in June. Yeah, I, I'm not trying to give out any secrets, but I I know that most walleye anglers know that that uh, crayfish are like walleye candy, and mm. that's kind of what we're seeing right now is all these big fish are they're like hardcore on on crayfish um so anytime we drop a camera on this crayfish down there we're like well this is the spot for tonight <laughs> so <laughs> awesome that'll, well, and that'll continue through spring and into early summer and i mean they'll feed on them year, year round but it's it's really a heavy a heavy thing for them right now so quite a few years ago when we, f- we first started visiting, one of the things you were uh, kind of famous for was these backwoods uh, trips to these secretive lakes that, uh, you know, you really had to be serious to get to, but but were really amazing. Uh, are you still doing much of that during the winter season? We still offer them, but we're not getting as many calls for them now. Um, it, it doesn't seem like as many people are chasing uh, like our client base anyway are chasing big fan fish i do have a trip for him this weekend but um but other than that it's been like one here one there and mostly they were early ice um everyone midwinter here they want good schools of perch and they want to catch walleyes and that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what we've been doing so like i said it's been been i think like a month since i did a, a fan fish trip so and, but, and and they want to be in a house yeah, and they want to be warm, um, and it's weird. I know we're a year where you literally can sit outside most days and don't even need a house, but um, <laughs> but people like to be comfort- comfortable. So. Well, certainly a good chunk of this winter, you had to be willing to do that uh, because that's basically the only way you could get on the lakes. Yeah, yeah, that first 
early early ice you you had to just accept the fact that you were <laughs> you were going to be snowmobiling somewhere or walking somewhere but uh but that's all changed now and we're we're kind of in a normal pattern now so okay well um is there still spots available if anybody wants to do any ice fishing yet this winter with you guys we i think we during the week, we've got some openings in the rentals, but our weekends, I think we only have one slot open um, in, in March, and other than that, we're full on the weekends. But during the week, we have openings, and people can always slide in and catch a few. Okay. Well, listen, uh, we're kind of in that time, as I said, where you know uh, we're going to get into that last month of uh, good ice fishing. And then um, you do so many different things. You'll have a lot of things to prepare for when spring comes. We've got turkey hunting. In fact, uh, don't you like go? Uh, don't you do like a worldwide tour of turkey hunting every winter? <laughs> Not worldwide. But yeah, we <laughs> we travel for them a lot, and um, we're super excited for turkey season because for the last ten days or so, um, every morning the turkeys are gobbling like crazy. So, so. We're really getting excited for that, and uh, we've already started like watching our favorite uh, YouTubers that that put out turkey content, and already starting to get calls ready, and we're getting amped. So that's uh, something that I'm really, really looking forward to, and we're trying to decide where to go this year. We haven't haven't made a decision yet, but it's looking like Texas or Oklahoma because now uh, Kate wants to get his grand slam. So. So now I gotta like retrace all my steps and do all these old hunts that I that I did to try to get my grand slam so that he can try to get his, which is really cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, we we haven't decided yet, and the ball's kind of in his court. He needs to decide where we're going. So okay, so but, when you yeah, really excited for that. When you talk grand slam, are you talking different variations of turkey? You're not talking about every state that's got turkey in them. No, I'm I'm after the every state that has turkeys. Um, that's my next goal. That's, okay. And, <laughs> but the Grand Slam is uh, you need to shoot one of each subspecies, and there's there's four subspecies of wild turkeys in the United States. So uh, around here we've got Easterns, and then in a lot of the mountainous states um, there's Merriams, and then when you get to some of like uh, the more desert type or arid, dry arid areas, you get Rio. Rio Grande's, and then um, Florida has the Osceola. So you need to shoot all four of those, and and uh, Tate's trying to accomplish that because Dad did it, so now he wants to do it. So. And, and how many does he have? He has two. So we're going to go after number three this year, and then and we're kind of saving a Florida bird for him because um, we go to Florida a lot, and we can, we can probably hammer that one out. But... Uh, but we need to get get his Rio under his belt. That's his next goal. So Texas or Oklahoma, or uh, you can get into some hybrids when you get into like Kansas, Nebraska. But um, he wants a, a pure one hundred percent Rio Grande. So we're gonna we're gonna hit the the dry arid areas down there and try to get that hammered out for him. So okay. And now I got another question in a moment. But um, off the top of your head, how many states actually have? Wild turkey. 49. 49. All but Hawaii, I'm guessing. All but Alaska. All but Alaska. Hawaii is actually littered with turkey. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, it's actually like a really, really good state town turkey's in. And the, 
finding them is like not that difficult from the people I've talked to who've hunted in Hawaii and videos I've watched and stuff like uh, the areas where they live um, are, are pretty easy to find and it, it's all you know it's always difficult to get on them and get them to respond to a call and stuff like that but but yeah, it doesn't sound like uh, Hawaii is actually all that difficult, aside from the travel and coordination right. and everything. So how many states have you gotten turkeys in so far? I think I'm at 12 now. Okay. So you got you got a few to go. Six, 60 or so, I should be getting close. <laughs> all right. <laughs> now, I remember we had this conversation, and but I can't remember which one you said was your favorite for eating. Of the subspecies of the, of the forest, yes, I I would say eastern the turkeys we have here. Um, okay, you know they're mostly like uh, corn fed or grain fed. You know the turkeys around Bemidji not so much. They're eating a lot of catkins and stuff like that. But um, when you get in the farm country, those turkeys are they're pretty tasty. Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service, my guest today. We got a ton more topics to cover next. I'm Jason Durham the smarter and better looking Jason and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast sponsored in part by Bemidji State University. You can pursue your passions with a world-class education in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods. The drive to acquire deeper knowledge and develop greater wisdom is already in your nature. So join us on the shores of Lake Bemidji. Minnesota's premier Northwoods University can help you make the world a better place than you found it. Learn more at BemidjiState.edu and schedule a tour today. BemidjiState.edu Hi, this is Nate Blazing with the Missile Guide League, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoor. Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service, my guest today. Matt, we've talked about turkey hunting, but once the snow melts, we have softwater fishing, and we go out searching for edibles, or at least you do. Yeah, mushroom picking is always a blast. We've we've driven around a few times looking at like areas, trying to scout for uh, for spring, and we're excited about a few areas that we want to try for morels once the time comes. So I don't want to get too excited. I mean, like Mother's Day, opening weekend of fishing, that's that's a long ways off, and that's usually when the morel picking is best. So um, so it's a long ways away, but. But there's hope. That's like the light at the end of the tunnel, right? We we get that far, and then we're in the clear for a few months. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I know you do all kinds of hunting. We talked about this a million times about all the different kinds of hunting you do. Are there any hunting seasons going on now? I I can't keep track of them all. The only thing that we are, I guess, dipping our toes into is um, predator season is. You know, right now is a great time to be out calling predators. So, like coyotes and fox, right now is a great time for that. And uh, February's full moon was was really bright and really good. And we're hoping for the same in March. And and then it'll kind of dwindle. But but yeah, for people who are interested in in calling predators, right now is kind of the time. So. Okay. Like I, like I always say, you you have basically something you could do each of the 365 days of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and and I used to try to do that, but I, I just, I'm starting to lose steam. <laughs> <laughs> How young are you now? Oh, I'm 42. Oh, you're, you're just a lad. 
<laughs> yeah, I've, I've run myself pretty hard. So. <laughs> you have. You have done more in your 42 years than pretty much most people I know. Yeah, I, I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> these, these winters take a toll. I, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't doubt if uh, one of these days my wife is like, are you ready to move to Florida yet? And I'm like, yep, let's go. <laughs> Well, there's certainly a lot of stuff to do uh, in Florida, and uh, and of course the yeah you, the uh, the winter aspect is not quite the same. But I wouldn't want to be there in hurricane season. No, no, definitely not. And yeah. summers, I, I don't do well with heat, um, so the summers would be treacherous. I've I've visited Florida in the summer and didn't really enjoy myself that much. So <laughs> we'll. Uh, We'll stick it out with the four seasons and and just hope that every year we actually get four seasons. So. Well, listen, just general advice: if we were going to go out ice fishing right now, any and, and I don't want you know don't give me your secret spots or anything, but but what should we be looking for? What types of areas are going to be producing fish right now during the uh, hard water season? So we've been concentrating like. Like I said, I haven't been pan fishing in a while, but when we were pan fishing hard, we were actually, instead of fishing like the deep basins where a lot of the fish are concentrated, we were really trying to key in on like uh, mid-depth flats, like 17 to 20 feet of water. Um, we've, we've been playing a lot of catch and release, not keeping as many fish, and uh, and that kind of allows you to do that, whereas if you're fishing crappies in like a 40-foot hole, um, almost every one you reel up here, you're kind of forced into keeping. So, um, and we we found that there's massive schools on these 17 to 20 foot flats, and I mean we've always known that, but we we usually like to make it a little easier on our, ourselves and not have to drill as many holes and chase fish as much. Um, and as far as perch and walleyes, kind of your your standard stuff like mud to gravel transitions or again mid depth flats. Uh, a lot of the perch are hanging out in those areas and feeding on bugs and crayfish and stuff like that. Um, so like 20, 20 to 30 feet of water for perch. Um, and you can go deeper, but again, you're going to get stuck keeping pretty much everything. And then walleyes have been all over. Um, we've caught them in 10 feet of water and we've caught them in 26 feet of water. Um, we, Tate had a big fish come unbuckled in like 38 feet one day when we were scouting. Um, so they're they're just kind of all over and they just pop up randomly. But uh, mid-lake humps and stuff like that, if you really wanted to key in and concentrate on walleyes right now, that's where I would be is, you know, those those humps that come up to 12, 15 feet of water and fish the edges, the deep edges of those, and you're, you're more than likely going to find some walleyes right now. Are they biting on the typical stuff or any surprises there? Nope, standard stuff. Um, they love a minnow and they love a bear hook and... Uh, we don't do that very often, but that's what our clients are doing the best on. They throw a big a big minnow down on a plain hook, and that's been kind of the trick. But for us, we've been jigging jigging spoons or tika minnows, um, you know, bigger, flashier stuff. And but we're kind of power fishing. We're moving spot to spot and hold the hole, and it allows us to do that quickly. Whereas if you're using a bopper and a bear hook, um, you know, you're kind of stationary. You can't really move around as quickly. So. They'll, they'll eat anything as long as they're active and you put it in front of them. All right. Well, before we wrap it up, we got to do the Fast Five. Are you ready for the Fast Five? I'm ready. Fast Five. Did I stutter? All right. Matt Brewer, 
What is the biggest fish you've ever caught? Uh, a sandbar shark. Um, it was probably my biggest. Actually, I know it was my biggest, <laughs> but I didn't get a weight on it, but that was caught several, and, and I have one really big one that was by far my biggest fish. All right, let's uh, let's do a variation on that. How about uh, freshwater? Uh, sturgeon. Okay. A rainy sturgeon? A rainy sturgeon, yep. yep. Who is your favorite actor? Oh, that's a curveball. Um, <laughs> ooh. There's nothing fast about this one. This is a really tough question. I know, there's some good ones. Uh, I am. Do I just have to throw something out there if well, I can't think of yep, who it just, actually is? Yeah, I mean, if you can't think of who it actually is, just think of somebody who every movie you've ever seen him in, you like the movie. Tom Hanks. You can't go wrong with Tom Hanks, that's a fact. All right. Question number three. You've eaten plenty of them. So tell me, what is the best way to eat a fish? And I'm not doing freshwater. I, I'm sticking to ocean. Okay. Fresh, fresh out of the ocean, sushi. Oh. Hands down. Okay. Well, you and I are going to have to agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> Pull a fish out of the water, sashimi on the back of the boat. That's the best way to use it. Okay. Question number four. Who is your favorite Seinfeld character? Jerry. Oh. Go right to the star. All right. <laughs> I, I kind of like Kramer. What can I tell you? Question number five. Besides Minnesota and Paul Bunyan country, where is your favorite place to fish? Um, I really like that Sanibel Island area of, of Florida. Like anywhere in the Cape Coral, uh, Boca Grande, that Annabelle Island, that region in Florida, is, I, my heart is there. I love that area. So, I mean, if you had been, say, born in Florida instead of here, you think you would actually find that to be the best place to go? I mean, do you like that better than freshwater fishing? That's a tough question because if I if I were born there, I really wouldn't. Right. I wouldn't know much different, and I guarantee if I lived in Florida, I probably wouldn't come <laughs> to go ice fishing. Um, well, no, not ice fishing. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. There's there's a lot of really cool things here. Don't get me wrong. Like mm -hmm. Minnesota and Canada, uh, you know, Canada is tough to be too. Like the diversity and the size of the fish and I uh, really, really enjoy Canada, but but they don't really have great pan fishing. You know, there, there's some good crappie fishing, but I really love bluegills, so um, so I'd still pick Minnesota over that. You know, you get down to Florida and you you can fish pompano that bite like a like a bluegill, and but they're bigger. You know, it's, everything's bigger and stronger. It's it's, it's really fun. I, I guess I would, you know. I would think the one thing we have going for us uh, is the diversity of fisheries where you could be on a so many different 
types of places. You can be on a big lake. You can be on a small lake. You can be in the middle of the woods where nobody can find you. You know, there's whereas there's just one big giant salt lake in Florida. I know there's some inland lakes that you can go to, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you think of Florida and you think of the ocean, but like it, until you've taken a skiff boat into the Everglades and chased like weird stuff, <laughs> like you haven't haven't really experienced Florida fishing. And the, the bass fishing on some of the in, inland lakes is incredible. And really giant bluegills um, or sunfish, you know, they've got like shell crackers there, and they get huge and. And if you want, you can you can switch things up, and you can go fish tarpon. Like I don't know, it's it's diverse, it's different. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, we 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 see Florida, we see ocean, um, and you know, people see Minnesota, they see snow, and there's a lot more to both <laughs> places. So, well, listen. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. We 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 had a cool experience, like fishing peacock bass in the canals in Miami, mm. like that's you know that's something really unique and it it, while we were doing it it almost reminded me of like fishing the mississippi river between bemidji and stump lake right like you're in this shallow narrow area and and except you know we're looking at like giant million dollar houses and (laughs) non-stop busy traffic but it was the same kind of feel you know like uh, you felt secluded even though you were surrounded by busyness i guess wow Really cool. Well, Matt, uh, as we get uh, closer and closer to spring, I mean, things are going to start filling up. People maybe should start making their plans for some soft water fishing with the North Country Guide Service. Uh, how do we get set up? The easiest way to get in touch with us is to go to northcountryguides.com, and you can find our phone number, email, um, social media, all that stuff uh, right from there. Okay, and it's not just fishing, it's spring turkey hunting, it's uh, edible uh, edible hunting, all of that stuff. You, you do it all. We do. <laughs> he is Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service. Always great to have him on the show. Matt, thanks for taking the time today. You got it. Some great stuff coming up later on in the week. We'll hear from Brian Bro Brosdahl. Next week on the podcast, we'll hear from Jason Rylander and talk a lot of eel pout and Will Pappenfuss. And further down the road, we're going to try to chase down Bruce Jean and find out about his new fishing venture because he didn't have enough going on. That's it for this time around. I'm Kev Jackson. Thank you for being here. Bob Barn, yeah. Country. Country.